0: and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at Amazon.com slash Instant Eraser Foundation.
1: Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1124. Let's jump right in with you, the ID10T community. Events at ID10T.com. Like Adam, who is a filmmaker who lives in Massachusetts uh, and Because Adam uh, missed his friends in California, he started a podcast called Movie Toast News and Reviews. It's a weekly movie review podcast. It's every Thursday. They post a new episode on all the major platforms. Uh, They do movie-related polls that they get from listeners. They talk about the latest movie news. Uh, They quiz each other on movie trivia. And most importantly, review movies. And uh, apparently they love doing it so much that they are very excited to announce their own virtual film festival, Movie Toast, the festival. Um, uh, he says right now we're taking submissions through the end of September holding our festival this December so if there's any filmmakers in the ID10T community who have short films they want to get some film lovers to check out they should go to filmfreeway.com slash movie toast the festival filmfreeway.com slash movie toast the festival excellent thank you so much for sharing Adam Uh, events at ID10T.com for anyone else out there in the ID10T community this episode is my pal Michael Cudlitz, who, of course, played Abraham on a, a zombie related show called The Walking Dead. I feel like Cudlitz and I met, I want to say, maybe in the early 90s because. Um, My old roommate Will did a movie with Cudlets, and I'm pretty sure we met back then, and then of course many years later uh, when he was cast on uh, Walking Dead. uh, Sweetheart of a fella, uh, and I always enjoy talking to him. We recorded this... Uh, a few months ago, so that's what, there. I believe there's some talk in there about, like, you know, when things go back to normal, uh, or when things start to open up or whatever, so this was, this was in March. Uh, Cudlets is promoting Clarice, um, which of course is, uh, the, sort of like, it picks up right where Silence of the Lambs left off. And it's it's all about uh, Clarice Starling and the Bureau in the early 90s. And Cudlitz uh, is on that show. Uh, it's on CBS, but also on Paramount Plus, I believe, as well. So, uh, yeah, I just want to thank Cudlets uh, for coming back on the podcast. This was super fun. This is the episode number 1124 with Michael Cudlitz as we roll the thing.
0: Initiating ID10T protocol.
2: You're serenading me,
1: Michael Cudlets, Michael Cudlets. You're so good. How you doing? What? What? What are you in a skyscraper? Where are you? Are you- I am in a skyscraper. I'm
2: in a condo. I'm I'm condo living when I'm up in Toronto.
1: Oh my god! Oh, dude, I almost wore. I have the Enoch Slee stack hat. Oh
2: that's awesome. I
1: have the exact same hat you're wearing and as a matter of fact before the end of this before, when we're done with the podcast, I'm gonna go get mine and we should take a picture of it together
2: all right I get the I get the best responses from this people are just like
1: what yeah I just got another one from that company that's an HR puff and stuff hat uh, love it they are they are doing some nice work over there. I think it's uh, Angry Minnow vintage I think is the company um, I don't know. This
2: is Headmost, but that's probably the hat.
1: I yeah, I think the, the, the company that's making those uh, Sid and Marty Croft themed hats is Angry Minnow Vintage, and I think the a, a lot of what they also do are like, old, like old extinct beer companies. Oh, that's great! <laughs> that's that's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Where are you? Are you in uh, Vancouver's? No, we're in Toronto. So I love Toronto I love Vancouver too but I love Toronto as well I do too
2: I'm I mean you know gone through different very di- various different stages of lockdown with the city and I guess they're getting ready to to lock down once more
1: oh yeah they're gonna lock down again huh
2: I think so yeah we heard uh, just today oh my um, God. that new new restrictions are coming uh, and being announced Thursday so I imagine the the uh, the dining, the outdoor dining and such is going to be taken away.
1: But uh, you, I'm, I guess if you're, you're shooting show up there, so you probably are working quite a bit and then just going to and from set most of the time. Yes. Yeah,
2: that's mostly that's pretty much exactly all it is. I think in a way we're all, we're 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 protected by the hours we work because all we do is, you know, we we're around the same people all the time. We go, you know, we go to work, we come home, we go back to work.
1: Yeah, and when you're shooting, like when you're shooting the kinds of shows that you work on, I would imagine there's not a lot of energy left to go out and tear up the town. No, (laughs) if if
2: there were if there were a town to tear up, we would not be tearing it either way.
1: (laughs) Let's see, what do I see right there? So I see a barbecue on your balcony. Are those weights? Are those like those adjustable weight sets where you can? Yeah, these are
2: like a European uh, a European deal, and because you can see it, I can you turn this up if you go all the way down to nothing this up just just a ring got it and then you go all the way up more than just yeah Yeah. but it's kind of a little dicey because i've had you know they've been perfectly fine and then one day when i was doing curls one of them dropped off the end
1: Oh, that's probably not what you would want I, to happen when you're curling a weight.
2: Uh, well, the curling is okay, but the day before, I had been doing some stuff over my head. And... <laughs> <laughs> so now I've, I've completely stopped anything that goes up, obviously, over my head with them, and, I'm, and I, I haven't had a good workout now in like a month and a half, because I'm totally freaked out that I'm going to smash my face in with a steel plate, which is not necessarily an unfounded fear.
1: No, 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 no. That seems like a very founded fear, and particularly, right. you know, in uh, in your line of work, you don't want to crush the moneymaker, Cudlitz. Exactly. It's like, come on, look at this. We got all this going on here. What, are you, crazy? <laughs> you don't want to show up to work and just, like, have, like, two fun... Half my face, one tooth, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a new direction for the character. Okay, I just kind of what,
2: thought, f- shut yeah. up. What are we doing today?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, I think... It's like what people don't see in the show that they also enjoy. <laughs> exactly. So we don't know what happened to this guy, but it was yeah. fucked up. I mean, look at this.
2: Yeah, they're gonna be talking tomorrow. They're like, yeah, but it's all out of sequence. Shut up, man.
1: Shut up. And then they just then they just write it. Then they just write in a scene where your character drops a weight on his own face, and that's very much- exactly, and they
2: explain it. And then it starts raining for no reason. You're like, why is it raining? You
1: shut up. <laughs> I mean, it's been fun to watch like the shows that you've done. Well, actually. All, let's say all all the shows you've done in like the last ten years of just cause, with the exception of a comedy, yeah. but but really just uh, intense drama, intense creature drama, uh, and then now intense serial killer drama. I mean, yeah. it, you really you really do yeah. pick <laughs> <laughs> It must have been refreshing for for a while to just do like, Oh, just a comedy where I'm just well. I mean, we kinda, direct, you direct intense shit. So just yeah. going to be a comedy <laughs> for a while must have been such a delight. It, it, it was, but we we kind of willed that to happen.
2: I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of killing stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to do something where I don't carry a gun. And, you know, so we did. The Kids Are All Right happened. Um, and actually, before that, uh, uh, the trustee happened. With, it was a pilot we did with Megan Rath and uh, Laverne Cox. We had done a pilot uh, like the year before uh, the kids are all right. And um, so I was just kind of like going, I want to do this comedy thing. want to do this comedy thing. And then we were doing the comedy thing. And that the I got to tell you, the intensity of half hour uh, comedy is it's more insane. Uh, the schedule. and <laughs> I was like, give me a gun
1: i've never heard anyone say that about half hour i always just you know like half hour to me is just sort of the that's the uh the, the coasting you know where you
2: oh, yeah, I, gonna- I, I mean there were there were great things about it i was home i was working you know we, we were shooting in the stages where we shot beverly hills 90210 the stages that i literally built when i was a construction coordinator
1: oh my god
2: um, so it was kind of like, it was very nostalgic and it was everything coming full circle. And look, the sh- the, I had a blast on the show and Mary McCormick was phenomenal. Um, I don't know if you've ever, ever interviewed her, but she's what a force. Yeah. Uh, just amazing.
1: I mean, I have, um, a- I agree with
2: you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was all wonderful. And the kids were fantastic. I actually bumped into one of the kids, Santino, uh, who was on, uh, I think, um, was it American Horror Story this year? Did they, did they do the, uh the the latin uh mythology story last year was that Uh, oh uh, it was um 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 it was um, kind of the same storyline that perry mason
1: was doing i think it was penny dreadful did city of angels was it okay okay and it was kind of like perry mason which was good it was really good
2: he was the little kid okay you know the, the the kid that didn't exist. You know, with the, with the two blood tear. You know, the, the
1: heart, he's amazing. <laughs> you just, just mentioned Perry Mason because I've been watching a ton of the original Perry Mason. Mm. Uh, at night, I have I, I I have insomnia. I wake up in the middle of the night every night at like usually three or four, uh, and I'm up for like two hours. And I just put on old Perry Masons, and I've really fallen in love with it. It is That's like great. it's classic and. What I find interesting about it is that you know now our yeah maybe I don't know if it's that we've evolved or whatever it is, but our protagonists are all flawed like like yeah. our we love a good flawed protagonist there Perry Mason has zero weaknesses, he never talks above the same tone the entire series, but Raymond Burr has so much there's just so much power in his character Gravitas. so. <laughs> And but he never he never fumbles, he never falters. I think in the whole series he lost maybe one case. And you don't really know anything about what Perry Mason does when he's not in the office quipping with Dela Street and uh Paul uh but uh Paul Drake, but it's but it isn't an entertaining show.
2: Yeah. No, they're fun. I I love going back and looking at all at the old shows because it was uh I mean watch it, been working down the list. My son's been been doing it more than me with my wife back at home, but they're working down the, not down. It, they're chewing their way through AFI's top 100 films. Got it. Um, not necessarily in any order, you know, but that's the, that's the sort of the, you know, that's the TV guy. Like, what are we watching today? You know? And we watched, uh, we watched Jaws together. We, we, we go, you know, one, two, three, go. And we hit the button at the same time here. And I'm watching in Toronto and we watch and we, we sort of Google hang out and, and, hang out with each other while we're watching and uh jaws is just phenomenal phenomenal film though the staging you know the camera the shots and they get the the group shot becomes the three shot then the, the three break off and become a medium with the three of them and then the two break off and come closer and it becomes this close shot this is you're sort of like I mean, you know, who is this guy who directed this thing you wanted? You know? like, it's just, you know, he should you would think he would have done great things, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I guess not. I don't know. But you just not. see
2: it like early on. And then what we watched recently was Citizen Kane. And oh, oh my gosh, it was uh so amazing. It's so amazing, you know, and the musical number in, in the middle of it, and you're watching, you're like, holy crap, look at this, look at the amount of work that went into this. But these these films were in some ways uh, so simple, and the TV shows were the, you know that way as well. They were so simple and pure that they relied so heavily on the story to be perfect. They, you know the writing was like perfect. It was if you pulled on any string of any of it, it all connected because they were all you know they were all playwrights that were doing this stuff. You know you had it's, it's you know it it just it just comes from character and story where at times. Studio notes don't always align with character and story, so so the writers get hobbled a lot. Not you know because I, I don't blame it on the writers. I, I blame it on the conditions that the writers have to work in. Um, okay. You Every know, and you've had that too. You know?
1: Yeah, you've had stuff that did the character wear an orange shirt. Exactly.
2: Why? Wow. Because I thought my daughter loves orange. Um, oh, kids love, kids yeah, love orange. And then you go, well, do I compromise the orange thing or do I do I? not have a job tomorrow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right too, because in those days of television shows were basically it's like, they were just sort of figuring out how to evolve them from plays. So a lot of them felt like plays, like even in Perry Mason, it's like, there's two main sets, the courtroom and his office. And then Mm -hmm. they will have a couple of like, they went to the home of someone, but it's really just watching this very calm central character and then these really kind of caricatures around him of all yeah. these like, Hey, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? And then of course they always it, like, it's the thing that never happens now, which is, you know, in the final, like five minutes, he's got someone on the stand and they're like, yeah, I don't know anything about this. And is it like, isn't it true that you went <laughs> back and shot the, and there's a pause and he's like, yeah, right, I did it, but he had it coming, you know? <laughs> exactly. Cut to them in the coat up in the, in the little uh, epilogue of them in the office, like, you know, having a drink and making a quip, and then that's the end yes. of the show. Yeah. Well, that, that, you know, and that's, that. you know,
2: you you, you look historically at television, that's, that's what Angela Lansbury, you know, uh, you know, uh, Beretta, you know, uh, Columbo. I think Angela
1: Lansbury as Beretta would have been really fun. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But they all had that summation, you know, Columbo, it was all going off the rails. And in the end, he's like, okay, all right. All right, good. I'll get, you. but you know, I,
1: one thing
2: was, you know, ah, oh, you got me. You know, and it was all. I mean,
1: listen, I'm just, I, I'm just going to throw an idea out there. Uh, Michael Cudlitz as Columbo, a one man show where you just, cause I, I, you know, your face contorted, you did the Columbo. I, face I'd
2: rather, I'd rather do a Beretta, my version of Beretta in, in a few years.
1: I think uh uh Murder She Wrote for me is holds up I you know my wife had never seen it and we watched a bunch of them and she was like oh it's you know it's fun and I'm like yeah but it's you know it you have to wrap your head around the fact of how many murders took place in this tiny town in Maine yes. like yes. It, like Cabot Cove has to be the murder capital of the world of the
2: world <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but look, as actors, we, you know, we love I never did the show because I was just coming up as it was happening. But I know as actors, um, they loved the show because she was supposedly amazing to work with. She was involved with the casting, supposedly. They paid like really, really well. Like you would get an offer. There were no auditions. They saw other work you did. And then they were like, yeah, I want that guy and that gal. And I like him and I like her. So it was sort of effortless. And she put together like a like a, a company for that episode and everybody got paid really well and everybody had a great time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's how it, you know, in, in some fantasy land, how it all should be, you know, you just go, oh, what are you doing next week? You know, it's reminiscent of the old studio thing where you showed up in the morning and you weren't sure what you were going to work on.
0: You can live out your master chef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
1: Yeah, but I but I also, I that to me sounds like such a dream because... You know when we're young and we're hungry and we're hungry for attention and we think you know we need to attain significance by I don't know accolades or whatever. It's like oh, I really want to work on a Emmy or you know like award winning. And then I think you get to a certain point where you're like I think it would be really nice just to work on something fun where everyone has a good time with good hours. You know
2: you really yeah, no we we did we I I've had situations come up where. Look, I almost passed on jobs because I, I literally, and I'm not going to say what what it was, but I was like, they were like, hey, you got an offer to do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, who are the scenes with? Like, well, no, we're going to send you a script. I go, no, just tell me who the scenes are with. And they're with, so oh, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Because it was like, I was in my guest spot phase. It was a top, top show. And it was like, I just, there was no way I was going to work with the lead actor. So I was like, I don't, I don't need that aggravation.
1: I just don't, I don't need it. You really, you really do realize at a certain point you go from chasing this kind of career that you think you should have for ego reasons to like, you know, I think I just want nice <laughs> to have a nice time
2: to have every, a nice time. Everybody wants to do, you know, do great work and work off great material and, and, and that comes around with, with time. And sometimes you slip into it, you know, easily. And sometimes it's, Harder to find. Um, I've been really, really, like crazy fortunate. Uh, yeah, you've worked actually really <laughs> good, good material, you know. And it's it's been it's been insane actually because I've been doing now working on Clarice. I've been you know we're in our phase where we're doing press again, and it's like you know you hear these people they're presenting you to the audience as their next guest, and they start going through all the stuff that you've done, and you sort of you don't really. You know the day to day of your career is like you know there's big chunks where you where you know you were I was in depression I was unemployed for this time and I was it. but when somebody like crams it all together and gives like the bullet you're like wow I
1: I I so look at that guy look at him go it's the highlight reel man listen I I can't sit and watch a whole sports game but if someone shows me a highlight reel of a guy like doing a backflip at an end zone fuck yeah I'm in you know like I don't mind watching that. The highlight reels are always the best, but our, our, but you know, like that's kind of how we we often remember things as highlight reels, and you don't, you you, especially when we're sort of romanticizing the past, like oh, it was such a simpler time. But if you really thought about it, like was it because we're depressed and insecure and anxious, (laughs) and you know, maybe maybe now is okay.
2: Yeah. No, exactly. It's it's uh, I I don't you know I, I I used to give that advice to people when. You know, because as actors, we have friends that are actors and performers and, you know, I'm sure with you with acting, but more comedian, you know, people who are hitting it and who are not. And the talk show thing, it's the same types of circles. People are hitting their peak or hitting their stride or or giving up or, you know, the the, the business is either good to you or not and, and whatever. There's a million things that affect that. But I always used to say to actors that were having, you know, sort of a rough time I go, just write down the stuff. That you have done. Write down your successes and look at those. You know, remove the time that you haven't been working, whatever. And basically, what I was telling them to do is create their own highlight reel, right? Without without knowing. And I think that's really good for your for your soul every once in a while to just sort of go, "What have I done?" And not just your work, like your family and your your things and your yeah, you helped out, you know, a friend or what's going on with your folks and your your how like whatever whatever your stuff is, just put it down in a list and look at it and go. Okay, that's more of a representation of these three or four bad things that are, you know, happening at the moment. Like, what is, what is really going on with your life, you know?
1: Yeah, that's and because it's very it, – it, sometimes you have to see things to connect with them, especially if you're feeling – if you're in a pit, if you're feeling like you're in a pit, it's very hard to see out of it. And it's very hard to be like, but that one time, you know, it, yeah. So, but yeah, looking at it all together and trying to recall, like, how you felt and – what that was, you know, and, and just n- remember that it's possible, you know, like, I mean, I, you know, the the danger is you look at it and go, oh man, things used to be great. And you're like, no, 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 no. That means they can be great again. doesn't mean they can't be great. It just means yes. that's sort of the sine wave of life. You know, that's just yeah. kind of how it, that's kind of how it goes.
2: Yes. And you have to have the the downs to know what the ups are, you know, it's, yep. it's like, and and, and, it, and it does, I think, balance you out. I have a, a few friends that hit it really big after, after school, right after we got out of college. Um, And then you left your whole career chasing that success that you had when you really weren't ready for it. So you're, you're not even chasing something that's real because if you ever attain that again, and you probably will, it won't be the same because you didn't really know what it was when you were in it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I often think about that, that it's, it, I, I think it's better than to have that like meteoric rush of success. Even if like, I do think about this a lot, like even if you are just able to keep continue doing what you're doing, even if you don't hit that meteoric thing again, but you have a, like a sustained success for many years or decades or yeah. whatever, That is better. That's
2: way better. That's way better. And and, it's the it's that's the JT Walsh graph.
1: Right. You're like (laughs) and then you look back and like, holy fuck, look at the (laughs) He was in everything and he killed it. And he was amazing. Yeah. And
2: that's I've been again, I've been fortunate. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. And mine's been slow and consistent and and you know in some people's lives there would be considered, you know, meteoric spikes. I, I, and I don't know. I've just been so fortunate and I'm so happy doing what I'm doing. I'm just enjoying it. I don't really, the, the success, like the, that part of it, I don't even consider anymore. I was like, Oh, it'd be great if I, I, I look at roles now and it's like, Oh, it'd be great if I could do that role. And people are like, well, it's that, and movies that, you know, the script's not that great. And I go, no, but that rule is amazing. You know, it's, you, you go after those things that, that really appeal to you. And, and, and that's, you know, I, obviously that, that come, came with time and, you know, success. So I don't diminish that, but I just, uh, I love doing the work, you know, uh, that was one of the, the, the wonderful conversations we had when, uh, with my wife, when, uh, when, they were killing me off walking dead and they're like, yeah, but we want you to keep the secret for the next year. Um, so, you know, we're going to pay you to do that and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, we had to re redo the contract. Cause I was still on contract. They want to take me off and change it, which was fine. And I was like, but it, you have to understand that it has to be worth it to me to not do the work. Right. And if you're not paying me like a lot, I would rather take, nothing and go to, you know and, and do work that i'm not getting paid for and you me, know like i mean I, I, I mean i care about their show obviously i love those people over there and 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 would do almost anything for them um but at the at the time we're going through this i'm like what are you talking about like you you're you're, you're talking about paying me not to do what i love to do so yeah it has to be a lot like <laughs> i mean you know not just oh i'm happy with the little things i because i would i'd rather Like, don't
1: pay me, cut me loose and let me go get another job. You want to work. You want to be able to, you don't, it's like. I want to create. I don't want to lose lose this time. Well, that's the thing. The momentum, because I really, it really is a career of momentum. You know, it's not, I don't think it's ever really one job. It's the momentum that you create and the momentum creates activity, which creates um, more opportunity, more options. And that's, I feel, I feel like that's really what you work for. Is yeah. to create that momentum so that you do have us and look. Obviously, what has the last year taught us? Well, that anything can happen. We, you know, yeah. even if you think you kind of have everything set up, the world can go into a go into a global pandemic and then everything stops. You know, yes. so you don't know barring you know, <laughs> natural disaster. You know, you you do want that momentum because it just it's just this wheel that keeps rolling that creates opportunities so that you. Because like when I think of you, I think. Yeah. Cummins will work is literally as long as he feels like working. I feel like there are going to be jobs for you no yep. matter what. And that's a really amazing, more than any one job, that is an amazing
2: place to be. Yeah. My agent had said that to me about five years ago. They said, you know, at this point in your career, and they said "They we're not blowing smoke up your, your bottom. Um, you, you'll work until you want to stop working now. You, you won't always be doing exactly what you want. You won't always be making the money you need, but you will always be working out. Like yeah. you're, you, because you're at uh, a point now where what you have done already, plus your age, there's just not, there's just not that many guys who are doing what you're doing and have been doing it so long. It's like, you can, you know, you, you're in, you know, their, their words, I wouldn't even go there. They, they, they said, yes, you'll go work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, Sounds very egotistical to go down that no. road but it's No it's, no no uh, but
1: I know but I know what you mean and I brought it up and I agree with you and I I also think you know it's not like you were old when you started working a lot but it did it did happen a like, cumulative wasn't right out of school and you know my dad always used to say you know when I was first starting out like hey you know buddy Epson didn't make it till he was 55 and I always used to say that is not comforting but now as I start to get older, I realize it it's is a comfort. little more comforting. It is because you, you sort of, you realize that, um, you know, that when I was like 20 and I couldn't connect with that, but sort of realizing like, yeah, but if you, but you'll have a lot of time to do a lot of things. And, and, and so, and, and that to me is, is really what it's about. Just being able to do a lot of different types of things and play in a lot of different, you know, different, different arenas. And that. Is a, in and of itself is a, a nice sense of security when you know you can work and kind of make it about the work and make it yeah. work no matter what.
2: Yeah. And I think every job you get
1: is like is a brick, you know, you
2: could say. And at the end of, you know, not the end, but towards the middle and getting towards the end, heading towards the end, you want to like how have you stacked your bricks? You know, what what have you made with, with yep. those bricks? It's not about, oh, I got a brick, you know, woo, I'm gonna quit my job because. You know, that used to be the thing. Get uh, starting out, people would do they get out of school, you go get a job that you know can support yourself while you're pursuing your dream. Then you get one guest spot, and people would go quit their jobs. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you, <laughs> you know, and then what happens if you don't work for two more years? Which is no, like, no, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, I made it. Man. They're, they're like, oh, I mean, maybe you know, and I wouldn't, I'm not gonna, I don't want to negative anything, but just be realistic. Re- being realistic is not being negative.
1: And, no, listen, I just uh, I bought a I bought a Pontiac Firebird because I got it under five on Law and Order. So I don't understand what the problem is. I bought a yeah. house, and- bought a house, I bought a house because I booked a pilot.
2: <laughs> oh, no, not. That's not the pa- like congrats. That's amazing. Like it's amazing. I but it's a you unicorn. like 20
1: of those. They pick up like four. I don't. Yeah,
2: it's like getting cat getting getting called in is a unicorn. Getting on the show is a unicorn. Getting the show picked up is a unicorn.
1: getting a second seat it's like it's like how many how many times you hit the lottery and win the unicorn like calm down (laughs) yeah well i you know i always say that too about you know as we're sort of looking at the standing at the precipice and looking at the 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 end of the first walking dead show in a year and a half or whatever it is and and uh and thinking like holy shit you know that show's been on for 11 years our shows has been on for 10 like there's just not a lot of shows that are on for a decade. That's crazy, you know? Like, no. that is, that's insane. You you just can't, it, you just can't ask for any more than that in this yeah. crazy business. Yeah. And they all end in cancellation. That's the thing that people don't understand is that, you know, it's like,
2: uh, whatever it is, people are like, oh, your show got canceled. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a little sooner than I thought, but yeah, it's it's sort of like it's like you know like death in in your in human life. It's sort of like yeah, you die at some point. Like that's the that's the lifespan of a show. It gets canceled at some point.
1: But there is a but you know like you you get more than one life in this business, and you oh you, yeah, yeah, yeah you you come back and you can yeah and you're and you're on something else, and you know you never and honestly you just you just never know. I mean you know you mentioned you mentioned uh, a, a, another person uh, who uh spoiler alert may or may not have died around the same time as you oscar-nominated stephen (laughs) young how amazing is that how fucking incredible and amazing and wonderful
2: and 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 honestly does not surprise me at all it's um uh he was wonderful to work with i he he became one of the my closest friends on set uh, uh immediately um, his work ethic is amazing he beats himself up far too much over the work um but obviously not <laughs> you know
1: it, uh, <laughs> because, it
2: because if that's the result uh then keep beating yourself up because it's it's just it's wonderful to watch and and couldn't happen to as you know um, even more than me maybe because you you at times have spend more intimate time um uh, no more no one more deserving you know, no one more deserving. If if that's a, if that can be a thing.
1: (laughs) And I always love watching like a, I always love watching a comedy person like hit the ground running in the business as a dramatic actor. Cause that happened to John Ham too. Cause Ham was really a comedy guy and obsessed with comedy. And then initially everyone was just saw him as this dapper debonair leading man guy until I think maybe he did SNL and people were like, oh, fuck, he's really funny, you know? And Steve's the same way, where his background is sketch and improv, and, you know, and so he's this amazing dramatic actor, and then he'll end up doing some insane comedy. Oh, he'll host SNL, for sure, and then uh, then be amazing, and then people are going to be like, oh, shit, you know? I mean, we know that, but I don't know if everyone knows that yet.
2: Yeah, no, exactly.
1: That's the other fun part about the business is watching people... Grow and flourish and innovate and you know it's like this really fun community and uh, and it's it's one of my favorite things because it it also kind of helps us mark chart growth and kind of yeah. see and be inspired and sort of figure out you know how to innovate yourself and, and like I don't know it's it's yeah I feel like it's such a necessary part of the growth process absolutely and and in a lot of ways we're all coming
2: up together. You know, we might not all be the same age, but we're all, you know, everything's moving forward. So if you spent 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you come across those same people, for better or worse. Um, but you're all, you know, it's a shared experience, you know, because when you really look, at, if you step outside of it, the people that are actually able to and fortunate enough to make a living at it, um, at any, at, at any uh, position in the entertainment field, um, you... you you're lucky and you're the few and you're moving forward. And, and over, you know, five, 10, 15 years, you all know each other, uh, either, whether it be in passing or a friend of a friend, or you've admired their work or, you know, so the, I'm, I'm really enjoying that part of my career that's been happening the last five, eight years is that, you know, the situation like with Clarice, um, they wanted to hire me, but there was, you know, the concern because no they were all like he he's play, he'll be playing a lawyer, basically a lawyer, an you know, FBI guy he's been a like he's does he wear a suit? Does he even <laughs> like does have we ever seen and the amount of material that I had to send in to them, you know, because they were like, people were like, Well, I've, you know, we've seen him in uniform and I loved him in Band of Brothers and I loved him in Southland, and oh he's great in this. And he, and so everybody was coming at it from different places. So they they really had to take their time from what I found out after the fact um in making this decision because I, one of the jokes i made was like i don't i don't wear a tie like when i when, when do where do when do i wear a tie to work well apparently i wear a tie
1: so <laughs> the character wears a tie that yes. is kind of funny sometimes how these kinds of debates can happen and it's it sort of completely throws the idea out the window of like well, you know these people are actors, right? <laughs> you know, his hair is like, blonde. You know, put him in uh, a tie. <laughs> you know, he didn't have a bright red handlebar mustache before The Walking Dead. But guess what? What he, he can grow what do you one. Mean? He
2: can dye it. You know, like it's, if you read the, read uh, social media, you wouldn't know that. Like, well, you got old. I'm like, sister, <laughs> I've been old. <laughs> Where's the red hair? It's still in Taylor's drawer like three doors down. You I'm sure they old. haven't thrown it out.
1: It's funny that someone just thought you needed to hear that
2: someday. I think oh, they just not even. Well, I think it's funny because people would say that even in between seasons. Right. You know, they're like, yeah, so I, so I know what they're saying. Um, and what they're saying is, is that they thought I was young. <laughs> That's right. what they're saying. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and, no, I am old and I've been older than you, uh, not you, them. Maybe you probably you. Um, but it's it's funny to see how that that, you know, that whole thing shifts. Oh, what? What's, oh, look at you with the gray hair now. Um, now, yeah, <laughs> kind of had the gray hair for the last 15 years. But thank you for pointing it out on social media.
1: It was just sort of I was dying it before, but I don't. Why am it's, I having this conversation? No,
2: this color, this color red doesn't happen naturally anywhere
1: in the world in nature. As Ever, long as you don't get up in the middle of the night and your wife's like, where are you going? Honey, I'll be right back. I just have to go tell someone on Twitter that I've had gray hair for 15 years. Like, don't. don't. Yeah, no, no, no.
2: <laughs> no, I, 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 I move on. I, 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 look, I look, kind of look at the comment and, and go on. I try to not engage. I used to engage the negative. And people would go, why do you engage the negative? And you know this as a comedian. you know,
1: Because that's fun. <laughs> Well, we are trained. We are trained to um, to kind of deal with hecklers, you know. Yeah. And professionally, but I I do think it is a multi pronged phenomenon because I think number one, it's part of the sport of what we do. You know, there's like sure. part of the part of the steeplechase is kind of like, oh, f- you think so, huh? And yeah. if you're doing comedy in the UK, it's a real sport there. Like they really do try to the audience is heckle and they try to knock the comedian off balance, and when the comic can Deal with it and fire back. It's part of the show, you know, happens a little bit here, but not as much still happens. But but then, of course, the other part of it, too, is that sort of taps into that insecurity that we feel like, well, why is this is this person not having fun? You know, a thousand people could be laughing and you look at the one person whose face hasn't cracked and you're like, are they not? What am I? You know, and we're just trained. So it is professional, but at the same time, it is also part of our like insecurities and ego and stuff. So it's, it's yeah. just kind of an unholy union of these two, these two things.
2: Yes. And then when you, when you truly learn initially, when you get on social media, we, we don't know, we just, we, you know, everybody loves doing it and it's fun. And it's like, holy crap, look at this interaction, you know, and then you realize that people will attack because they know that you will answer. And then once you answer you, when they attack you, you know, the very few people see it. Yeah. Very few people see it unless they're really searching through your timeline and really actively going and, and fans do that. Um, but with you respond, you've now sent it out as from you to everybody that you are yeah, engaging yeah. you have amplified it and you've, you've amplified, amplified it. the voice exactly well, a lot of
1: times you know even if you respond and then someone's like oh i didn't mean that i just wanted to say oh it. yeah Like <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that too it's, it's it sometimes really-
2: sometimes things happen and i want to address it because you know we had somebody who had said um they were talking about you know your best fan interactions you know and i the reason i do these the the conventions when i do them is because i love the fan interactions i love yeah. you know and, and and i spend time with everybody and i make sure everybody has a great time and we you know, we have things, we take care of our vets and our law enforcement and, um, we just, it's a, it's a really great time. So I've had a couple of times and once just recently, uh, somebody said, you know, put up, tell us your, your best, uh, or worst fan interaction. And somebody had written, you know, I had a great time meeting this guy and this guy and this guy, and, you know, and these two, not so much. And yeah, Michael Kudlitz, you know, my mom really wanted to meet him and which is my favorite part of the story. And then, uh, we go, But, you know, well, but he, you know, really wasn't that good. And he didn't really talk that much. And it was just really, it was kind of really uh, let me down, you know, whatever. And I was just like, and I, that was like crushing to me. So I wrote them. And I was like, and I mean it, I'm like, look, if we're ever in your town again, and there's a convention, you remind me of this and we'll, you know, we'll take care of you because those things where they reach out specifically to go spend time with you, that that's our obligation is to make that time amazing um that's why they're there if you don't if you if you're not out there trying to make these events amazing for the fans that are designed for fans don't go
1: yeah because people are spending a lot of time and money and they're they're you know like it's and you know as a fan like you 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 want to connect and as much as you know it's a, it can be a one it can feel like a one-sided thing when you're a big fan of a show and then when you have the opportunity to make it a two-sided thing where you actually get to connect with someone i yes. have to say that was a you know for that that person it didn't sound like a disrespectful thing that they said it was just no, like this was an honest and that gives you the opportunity to go oh my god let me make this right as opposed yeah. to Hey, that guy's a fucking piece of shit. And then you feel defensive and you're like, What the fuck? Why yeah, are you yeah, telling yeah. me? Yeah. Like, you fuck know? you. Fuck you, man. Maybe you were an asshole. You know? <laughs> you got then, old, you know, man. You used to be not old, now you're old. Yeah. Maybe you maybe you're so unhappy because you're gray. Yeah, maybe you need to take naps. <laughs>
2: well, well, yeah, that's probably not why I'm grumpy, but yeah, naps are good. Maybe you need to,
1: maybe you need to drop a European weight system on your face. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I
2: know. Exactly.
1: But I know, she, was, I she was
2: great. She wrote back and she was like, um, you know, didn't even apologize, which was great. She was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. And, you know, because I said have a great week and, you know, tell your mom, you know, same thing goes to your mom and, you know, and all that. She was like, oh, that's awesome. And someone else wrote. I, you know, well, for what it's worth, I had a great time when I saw it, and I wrote him back. I go, it's not about that. I go, sometimes people have bad days. I could have had a bad day. They could have been on you know, yeah, each other. It's you know,
1: but at least, you, at least, you know, like giving you you, you, you know, this person, you know, like gave the opportunity to make it right, and that's yeah, nice. exactly like, that's that you, you know, and 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 now. Now the next interaction, whenever that's allowed again, will be ten times better, you know, because as, as it should be, you know,
2: and, yeah. and I do. I truly I I I
1: I love meeting the fans at these events. It's
2: it's fantastic.
1: It is uh, you know, it especially because you want, you know, when you're meeting people, that part of you just wants to like, oh, like if there if there's a lot of people waiting. You want to spend as much yes. time as possible with each person, but you also know like, well, there is a limited amount of, you know, because everyone's got to get through. So you really just want to do your the best job that you can to make yep. whatever time you have as engaging and just like, you know, look people in the eye and listen and, and mm-hmm. really connect and not just treat it like a line of cattle, you know, like it. Yep. If you're doing it, if you're doing it
2: right, you should be exhausted at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely. That's what it's, that's what you're supposed to do is you, you know, as much as people have given of their time to you, this is your opportunity to like be able to thank them, you know? Yeah. And we,
2: we only exist and we only work because them. if everybody decided that, you know, I don't, you know, I don't like that actor anymore. Yeah. Then you wouldn't work. It's like that simple. (laughs) You know, if if comedians, if if they decided you weren't funny uh, or clever or like, I'm done. And it, and it happens in our, in our career. So like, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. Uh, and it's, you know, not misplaced because it's it's uh, they make us who we are, you know, we're, we're, we're running as fast as we can and, and trying to do something that put something out and they're responding to it. And because of their response and it's positive, it builds on itself. So it's, yeah, it's uh, we, we do not exist without that component.
1: What's going on with directing. Are you directing any episodes of Clarice? Uh, uh Clarice
2: not yet uh we, we spoke about it when i was uh first came on and obviously i was like don't even want to think about it first season especially with the pandemic and the, right, right, right they're right, doing right. two episode blocks and this and that and the show's finding itself and any it, people in here who <clears throat> who everybody feels really confident about so they can take risks in the right way um and i'm still i still consider myself you know really figuring it out i mean i've been very successful at it and i i I'm, in my mind i'm I will continue to grow. Um, uh, I've been very, very happy with everything I've done so far. Uh, but I've had a, uh, a talk with uh, both Alex and Jenny and said, mm-hmm. when it's right, uh, and we all you know, realize that we are on the same page of how these stories are to be told, uh, I absolutely want to take that uh, opportunity. Um, I am going back this summer to do um, some work in the final season of Walking Dead. Oh, um, wow. <clears throat> yeah, I was supposed to do uh, The World Beyond. I directed two of those. So like 20%, It only did 10 episodes. So it's like 20% of their season last year. And then I was supposed to come back and do two more <clears throat> and uh, the overlap with this show because of the prep just didn't work out. They'll be finished and the, the their producing director will be directing the last block by the time we wrap up here. Um, but I will be out in the, in the summer. Um, and then depending upon what happens here and then my availability, we may do another, another one or two on walking dead. That's still to be decided.
1: Oh, that's so fun. I'm excited.
2: I'm really excited to, to go back. Cause you know, it's, we're all family and you're part of that family, you know, uh, of, of the whole walking dead thing. It's no, it is. It's like, we are, we shared something uh, that very few people in this industry share, you know, uh, like you were saying earlier, the, the amount of time alone, uh, but the cultural phenomenon that it was, it is, it's, that uh, these are, you know, uh, one,
1: one or two in a lifetime type things, you know. Um, it really is, and 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 you know when I think back to that, that you know that first Walking Dead panel in the smaller in the smaller room at San Diego Comic Con, right after the first season, and uh, like only the only the a handful of episodes had aired at that point, six episodes, and just seeing how nervous all the actors were on stage because they didn't really you know and then just watching everyone blossom and then realize like oh we're all part of this fun weird thing together we're yeah. all a part of it you know that just that does not happen on every television show like that that kind of community and there are fans of every show every show that's on the air has a collection of fans but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all communities in the same way yeah. uh, and <clears throat> you say like pheno- it's a cultural phenomenon yeah it really was it was a it was a it was a communal and cultural and television phenomenon. And it, it is, I mean, you know, like I, I obviously I, you know, I, I knew sooner or later the show would end. It's, it's still, it's still surreal, but it's like, that is what happens in television. Like it happens in the lifespan of a TV show. (laughs) You can't get mad at, you know, 11 seasons, 12 seasons. You just can't get mad at that. Like, it's like, yeah, it's yes. Would it be great if it went on for, 25 seasons. Of course I would do it, but you know, it's the number, the numbers are still really good. <laughs> I was like, cause I'm looking at the Clarice numbers, you know,
2: and the thing, I'm like, Holy crap, the walking dead numbers are still really strong.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I was talking to, um, I was talking to Kirkman about it uh, pretty recently and I, I still, I still can't wrap my brain around how much, television itself has changed since the walking dead started just the business of television the the platforms of television the way that we look at television the way that we look at content like it you know like walking dead is is one of the last sort of i mean outside of your like you know procedural dramas that have been on forever and snl but in terms of like serialized scripted dramas You know, Walking Dead has a foot in both worlds, and it's it's such a it's such a different time now that uh, you know that's just not recognizable to what the business was ten or eleven years ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's amazing. Uh, When I joined it, it was amazing, and it it was sort of like I caught the wave. You know, myself (laughs) and Josh and Christian when we came on, it was it was just before it you know, it was getting ready to peak, you know, and we grabbed on and it was like, "Woo!" you know, we just rode that way. It was like, holy crap, what is happening? And we were all, we were welcomed by the fandom, which could go either way. You know, we've seen through history that some characters are not, you know, as embraced as others. Um, but generally speaking, they 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 do embrace people who get brought on,
1: um, even if they love to hate them, you know? It's part of the agreement, I <clears> think, <throat> With this show in particular is that people are conditioned to know that new characters will come in. Yep. You know, characters that we love unfortunately will cycle out. It's just part of the that's part of the deal, especially if you read the comics, you know. Yeah, you know. Like, Kirk,
2: Kirkman had said, you know, he, he wanted everyone to <clears throat> be constantly reminded that it was a dangerous world. Right. That was the that was the impetus for that storytelling element, you know.
1: So and yeah. it, it makes sense. And also like you know like when you think about the old days of television you just you wouldn't kill off a major character like it was unthinkable in the in in the realm of network television like oh, what yeah. Why would we kill a character that people love? That's crazy. That's yes. fucking
2: nuts. Why yes. would we do that Captain God, Kirk I... Captain Kirk is not dying this week? <laughs> like no a matter how dang you know, whatever sort of peril he's in,
1: yeah. Captain Kirk will be fine. He's gonna be fine. Yeah, <laughs> the crew's gonna be fine. And it's we, we
2: know because we
1: can even turn to the back of TV Guide and we see that next week he's on. Yeah, yeah that, that guy's name who I don't know, he's he's, he's dead.
2: Die. Yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely, the one in the red shirt.
1: Of course, yeah. Of course.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's a given.
1: Absolutely. But. So it's it, it even it's just all changed. And again, like I was talking about, like complicated protagonists, and and also you know you've got a show like Breaking Bad, where the where the quote protagonist is actually a bad guy. You know, like it, yeah. it it's that sort of the, the the flawed central character. And I and I think it sort of reminds me about how like you know, how comic books were when they first started out. And then, you know, a guy like Stan Lee comes along and is like, let's make them human and let's give them problems and let's give them flaws and let's give them... And it's just that sort of evolution of of character work, which I imagine, as an actor, is probably way more fun to play than the same note day in, day out. It's the best. Complicated is, is more fun,
2: you know? It, it's like... It's, conflict is fun conflict resolution is even more fun uh but you know it's like these the ups and downs of television and the characters that's what you live for you know you live for your character to get beaten down so you can come up out of the ashes and then who knows how far before you get knocked back down and that's that's you hope for those kinds of layers and those problems because those those problems build and they stay with you and with the long format's they compound on each other. You know, you get, you get over one problem, you solve one thing, you you carry it off, you know, forward into the next thing it's it's with you and the audience remembers. And then in some ways it almost becomes easier because you have to do less because they know what you've been going through. You know, they're there with you. You don't have to, you know, early on in the show you're establishing all of these things and making sure that everybody remembers. And as you go further along, they, they remember already they're, 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 you know, doing a lot of the work for you, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You just have to kind of go with it and do your work and stay out of the way. You know, don't screw it up.
1: It is, it is, it is funny about how ease how quickly like a baseline gets established where, you know, when you're young, you're like, okay, I just want a job. I just want a job. And then you get a job. And then if you're on that job for a while and it doesn't necessarily turn out to be exactly what you thought and then you're like well now I just want this other thing like I thought you just wanted that no no I know that I know that <laughs> but now I you know now I need to be challenged you know so it's like I, I was having a conversation with someone about like you know does art come from dissatisfaction like do we have to be a little uncomfortable at least a little uncomfortable in order to create or do you think or can you create from a place of comfort is that possible well, I think I think you
2: can be comfortable, but I think the work has to be uncomfortable. Ooh, good point. You know, I mean, because I'm I'm very happy. Uh, I'm I'm not retiring anytime soon, but I, I had conversations with my wife and I was like, you know, she's like, what if, you know, because we just we talk. I've been with my wife for 34 years now. And we talk about like just crazy stuff. And she's like, well, what if you were what if you couldn't work anymore? And I go, well, that would make me sad. I said, but. I'm, I'm really satisfied with what I've done, you know, and I I feel great about what I've done. And I'm constantly having to, and this is, you know, I am very, very fortunate. I'm having to reassess what my goals are because I've attained a lot of my goals, which is crazy to think about, you know, but when you're young, you know, it's, it's, I I guess I learned this from my dad, you know, you don't, like the goal is not the, the goal. Like you know, if I'm way down here using the camera, and then and the goal's way up in here, it's like your goals need to be like here. So you know, yeah, you have this big thing that you're thinking about. You know, I'm going to retire and travel and blah blah blah. Okay, great. You you don't want that tomorrow. That that's your you know sort of hobbling yourself, taking yourself off at the knees. You're you're getting to these little things in between, and then you attain that goal, and then you figure which way you know what am I going to set next and. And so you're, you're living and you're enjoying yourself while you're getting to these markers. Um, but that journey itself is life. You know, it's that's the old saying of, you know, life is that thing that happens while you're waiting for your life to begin. Right. It's like, you are, you're in it, man. You might not like it. And I'm sorry about that. If you don't, um, I think this past year, most of us didn't really like it, although it was incredibly enlightening in some ways and it was, uh, there's a silver lining on everything, and everything I do believe happens for a reason, um, even if you don't like it. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's about the journey. You know, it's it's about the journey, and everything that we go through makes us who we are. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, get
1: 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for one hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: yeah, I was I think about that a lot too. I've been thinking about it a lot lately too, just about you know as things are starting to uh, open up a bit, uh you know, like where uh, you know it seems like oh there you know maybe there's it looks like there might be a way out, you know, like, and then sort of thinking about planning for the future and oh, and I want to do this, and maybe I you know I should try and then i and then i have to remember like well don't spend so much time planning to live that you don't live because i i have that realization a lot of the time too where it's like no man this is it this is your life man it's not a thing that's going to happen you're yeah. in it and it is happening now and don't you don't want to forget that it's happening now because you're looking at the future and then have to retrospectively go oh I think that was, oh, yeah, that was actually g- good time, I think. And I didn't really yeah. notice it because I was trying to. We usually uh, don't. Yeah. Yeah. We usually
2: don't enjoy the successes when we're in the middle of them. If anything that comes out of this, I hope people do realize and not, not to be morbid about it because that's not the part. That's important. But the this, this sort of realization of the mortality of everyone. And and the idea that you, you were reminded, this is not like a family member past, and you're sort of like, oh, oh wow, I gotta live every day, you know. This is like a big thing. Like, um, I used the example of when nine eleven happened. I used, I was born in New York, raised in New Jersey. I've never been up in the Twin Towers because they're there, like the Twin Towers. I can go to the fucking Twin Towers whenever I want. I go to the Empire State Building I can go to the Statue of Liberty, St. Louis Arch, whatever. When 9-11 happened, whenever I travel, whenever we, especially the conventions, if we go to a city, we go to St. Louis, where are you going? Going to the Arch. Why? Because fucking might not be there. You want to appreciate stuff. I want to the- go see these cool things. Yeah, because we, we, exactly. And we take a lot of stuff for granted and, we're, and we, and we, we go a lot of, oh, I'll do that later or I'll do that tomorrow or I'll do that next time. When there's, there's not really any reason you're not doing it now, except you're just, you know, in a lot of cases, just you're just fucking lazy, you know? And it's like, just get off your ass and do it if you can. Right. So I, I try to go see all these cool things and and they're all, some of them are kitschy and, you know, driving down the freeway, the biggest donut, biggest dinosaur, ball of twine. Let's go fucking see it. Why not? Why not? You know, it's because it's there.
1: Absolutely. Cause you just, you don't know when some guy in a leather jacket with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire is going to come along just to bring exactly. it back, you know? Like, so if you can, if you can, you know, grab that
2: huge Jack Skellington when it's right there,
1: get it. <laughs> oh, in the background? Yes. <laughs> yes. Our Disneyland stuff. Yeah. I, I awesome. just, just to give you a sense of how tall he is it's sort of difficult to see when, uh, <clears throat> background, but you can see. Is he, he's on a table though, right? Or no, 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 no. he's, that's, he's a full figure.
2: Oh, it looks like it looks from here. It looks like he's standing up on a table.
1: No, he's standing on the floor. He's like eight feet tall. Oh, that's tall. fantastic. That's uh, fantastic. It's
2: this fun. is the place that you were working on when I, when I saw you, right? Or is this the
1: new place? This is, I think this is the place you came to that la- the yeah. last year here. And, uh, yeah, and they're they're props from um I think we got them at a, at an auction, but they're from Disneyland. Like they were yep. they're from, from Disneyland and and we Great. Right. I love the know, haunted we, house, the stained glass haunted house. It's fantastic. I know we're 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 we've already I know Disneyland is opening up soon, I believe, to a limited capacity, but we're not we're not ready yet emotionally to start you know running around. But but I do I look forward to the day, like, not like I ever sort of, when you're talking about like not taking things for granted, I don't think I ever took for granted going and visiting the park, which, you know, is my favorite place. And Lydia and I love to go, but boy, will I appreciate the shit out of it the next time we get to go back. Oh, and and if you go every square inch of that park, every smell, every sound, every bit of every churro, every, everything.
2: And I look, and I, you know, it's my wife and I, we, we, When we, before we had, we, we, I think we went to Disneyland more before we had kids than we did when we had kids, although not when they were like probably between one and seven because we got yearly passes uh, every year for the family because it was great because she could go down, they could go down there and have lunch. And if the kids had a meltdown, you just get them out and it's like no big deal because we're, you know, we're members. Yeah. Um, But what I'm really looking forward to is once, because I'm going to, I am personally going to get vaccinated. um, Hopefully as soon as I get home. Yeah. Um and uh, uh I'm looking forward to going there when it's not at capacity. Because it won't be at capacity. <laughs>
1: you know? oh, okay, so this 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 connects to you because uh, you did a movie with him a thousand years ago. But Will Wheaton and Will I Will Wheaton. <laughs> who I believe he and I were roommates when he did that movie with you. Probably. When you when we were all uh a lot Me younger. and Soleil Moon Fry and Yes, Brian yes Brian Krauss. Yep. That's right. Okay, so Will and I, around that summer, got bought uh, uh, Disneyland annual residence passports, which were ninety nine dollars. So if you went to the park twice, you already it was already paid for. Yeah. Um, and so, because I at the time I think tickets were like fifty or sixty bucks or something, just to, or a day ticket. And so we would go at you know ten o'clock at night. We'd drive from our apartment. <laughs> get down to Disneyland at, you know, 1040. We knew exactly, you know, which lot to park in. It was a lot easier to park at Disneyland back then. And in 92, 93, the park, um, it was before Disneyland was uh, covered in IP that they owned, right? So there was Star Tours and they had just opened Indiana Jones, but, but everything else was like, it was the old Tomorrowland and like everything just felt like, like classic Disney, but as a result, it wasn't that crowded. Like it was yeah. sort of crowded, but not that crowded. And so we'd get there at ten forty, and from like ten forty-five to midnight, there were no lines in the yeah. summer. Yeah, and you would just like just get off a of Space Mountain, run right back, run right through, ride it again. And we we must have done that. You know, I feel like almost every night of the week that, that that's summer, awesome. And uh, but then now Disneyland is much bigger. They own a lot more stuff. It's much more crowded, and I still love it. But but again, I miss those days so much. Of just you know, people like Disneyland, but it wasn't like Disneyland yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have you been to the new uh,
2: the new space the Star Star Wars?
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I haven't been there yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the Black Spire Outpost. Yeah, we've we've been. Uh, I went with Will. <laughs> we got to go actually. To a- you know what? I, I know that. I, I, I saw pictures of that.
2: I think you guys posted about that. Yeah, uh, I've
1: been, I've been uh, a few times. I've been a few times, but I did not get to the the second ride. Opened up after um, I was there the last time, and then pandemic, and then so I actually haven't been to the second ride in the in in the in that attraction. But it was. I mean, it's great. It's very immersive. They designed it in such a way that you can't see any other structure from inside so that you don't lose the illusion that you're there. So you can't see any other building in Anaheim, any other part of the park. So, you know, it's, it's pretty clever. That's awesome. I got my favorite ride still. uh,
2: I don't know. I, I, I cry on it every time is Soren over California. Oh, Soren, you know, I I just, I don't even know why, even though like, I I can see the, you know, the mechanism and the thing, if you turn your head a little too much and, and I just, I, I don't know when there's this thing, when you, you come over the mountains and, you, and there's this sort of, and you, so, I, I, oh.
1: I don't know if it's soaring over California anymore. I think it might just be Soarin', and I think, I think it, it is
2: soaring. Soarin', yeah. I
1: think it might be more of an international thing. There were some really good, like when California Adventure opened, it, you know, it kind of got the short end of the stick a little bit because I think people were like, you know, the first it's like oh this is a celebration of california and they quickly realized like you know no one gives a shit about yeah <laughs> very specific parts yeah. of, you know, of california but there were some really good rides there like there was a ride which they changed to goofy's flight school called and madness and it's like this it's sort of like square kind of a roller coaster but it takes you all the way up to the top and it's 90 degree angle. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it looks like a simple ride, but it is it's fucking terrifying. terrifying. It's
2: terrifying. It's like an old Coney
1: Island, like
2: me yes. and my dad built. Get in there, kid. You'll be fine. Yes, you know? the roller
1: coaster is <laughs> great too. <laughs> <laughs> they they added a they added a, an, a layer of the Incredibles on the roller coaster, which is amazing. And Cars Land at night is fucking mind blowing. Radiator Springs is fucking, I cannot wait to get back. To that. I, I really miss I, it.
2: I just wish that they would spawn. you know, they would have like a, 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 like Tesla would take it over and sponsor it because the the fumes uh, coming out. Of, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it's like a bunch of lawnmowers running out there.
1: No, my, Michael Kudlitz, those are the happiest fumes on earth. Let's not forget. <laughs> They're full of wonder. <laughs> and I mean, let's be honest, if they could somehow, if they could legally sell, if they could legally brand the fumes and sell them, they would. It's they just, would, like,
2: yeah. People, they'd get a little bottle of them at home.
1: Uh, and I, and I and would it's called people. huffing. <laughs> I, I follow a, a, an Instagram account from a cast member uh, called, what's it, I just want to make sure I get the name right. I think it's called House of the Mouse. Um, and yeah, House of the Mouse. And it's a cast member, and through the pandemic, it, it was it's been so nourishing to my soul because occasionally he'll post like a montage of just um, voiceovers that you hear in the park, all as one oh, thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's So, like, I wonder if somebody made an
2: album of that, or if they shouldn't didn't they should? You know, all like the full length, like the whole
1: haunted mansion thing, and oh yeah, they've done know, that I, stuff before. This was just like ride announcements and, you know, get ready for the wildest riding away, you know, just like all <laughs> of the, and it, it just, it made me so happy. Like it filled my soul in such a way to hear like four minutes of, of just park sounds that it's, uh, you know, That's I got great. really excited.
2: And then you went and yeah. bought a, you went and bought a turkey drumstick
1: and... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fan of the turkey drum. The turkey drumsticks either. Either. always—it always looks like the fucking it's Flintstone. Fair.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's the Ren Fair. I'm like, uh, what do you do with that? Like, uh, you,
1: it's no. and turkey drumsticks are just nasty. I mean, tur- turkey turkey is a great ensemble cast member. It's great with mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's great with stuffing. It's great with gravy. On its own, is just—it's not a great solo album. I got to be honest. It's like that it was that was the. The solo artist that should should have stayed with the group, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah,
2: exactly. I'm sure the turkey feels that way, too.
1: I mean, just like a hot, sweaty turkey leg on a, <laughs> on a hot day. I, like, they, I, the pitch for that. Hey, this would be great. They, they do it at the Ren
2: fair all the time.
1: Uh. I mean, it is also kind of like, it does. It just sort of make me realize, like, what carnivores we are, too. It's like, it is the leg, the oh, giant yeah. leg. Yeah. Of a yeah. former of, of what was a dinosaur at some point in evolutionary history, you know. I mean, it is very Flintstonian in that way. It's great. What are you gonna? Uh, when are you coming back? Uh, end of April. Oh, that's
2: not too yeah, long. so we're 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 kind of at the final final stretch. Um, Real excited to get back. So I, over the because we have to every time you come here from the states, you have to quarantine for two weeks. Right. So we did a four month run and then I went home for six days or eight days of my three and a half weeks vacation and then I had to come back and quarantine for the rest. of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then we went back and, you know, so I've, I've been, I'm on the, the tail end of another four months stint without seeing the family. So it, it's in that way, it's been rough uh, in, in other ways. It's been sort of exciting to be able to immerse in the work the way we are, because all we do is. You know, that's all we're doing right now is living. The, the, none of the outside stuff interferes with us because it's you, you work, you come home, you study, you sleep, you go back to work. Right. Um, and, the, and the, you know, the cast is bonded in a way that, you know, this is becoming more and more common, I think, is that the casts are getting along. because I don't think anyone tolerates uh, assholes like they used to. Uh, it's just the behavior is not tolerated. So we don't have anything here, which, again, a, another wonderful situation I found myself in. Um, great cast, really creative, very supportive. Um, everybody's at very varying degrees in their career. So it's a really wonderful mix. And uh, it's, you know, the work has been great. The show's getting better and better. I, I love the show when we started doing it. and was happy with the first few episodes, really happy. And I just, it's just been getting better and better. You know, they're, they're writing for us. They're finding our voices. It's, it's one of those wonderful situations, you know, that, that doesn't come along a lot. So we're, we're excited to see what happens. Um, CBS, it seems like they're really happy with you know, the audience response. Uh, again, it's a weird year, so we don't, you know, we really don't know what's going on. Um, and hopefully we get to come back and
1: play again next year. Well, that would be very nice, and it's it's to the show being set about a year after the events of Silence of the Lambs is is a really good place to start yeah. it because sometimes when you're watching prequels, it can be fun in the sense that you're like, oh, you characters don't know what's coming, you know, but yeah. also uh, you don't as a as an audience member, you don't have to lose those events with that story you know it's like you're all no. kind of on the same page you you know you because you saw silence of the lambs the characters know because they live through it and you get to move on from there and i think that's a really interesting way to to do it
2: we have a lot of things our show takes place in 1993 we're we're, we're gadgetless we're flip, flip phones which are used to talk to someone else that's it you know yeah. so yeah, there's a lot of actual detecting going on and a lot of human interaction and but that in, in that world,
1: world, the beginning of DNA of DNA too is like yes, and, and, and we totally and we deal
2: different. with that. Yeah, we deal with that in the show. Obviously, we you know the, the tests come back way quicker than they ever would have in the real world. It takes weeks. Um, we get them, you know. It's CSI, <clears throat> you know. So the world is accustomed to get them quicker on television.
1: <laughs> and you know, our culture is also so because you know the because true crime junkies are such a thing now and. You know, understanding the 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 pathology of serial killers and unpacking and all of the, you know, but not common just 30 years ago it was still just yeah. kind of, you know, um the, the the science was still they were still just, you know, like kind of getting it up and running, you know, about thirty yeah. years ago and just starting to really begin to understand it. So you know, kind of being at the dawn of that is really, um, we take it for, again, we take it for granted now, we take it for granted now because there is an entire channel devoted to true crime. There are entire, you know, there are libraries of, you know, unpacking the same cases, unpacking serial killers, trying to understand why, you know, murders. And and so, um, but at the time, that wasn't as common. Uh, if, if I remember being a grown-ass adult in 1993, <laughs> oh God. Uh, I mean, yeah. I was still. Oh yeah, no, I was, I was a grown up. Yeah, I was a grown up. Yeah, I, I could vote in 1993. <laughs> Go to a bar in 1993. Oh my God.
2: Yeah, and, and it's funny how we've come so far. If you if you look at the technology from then till now, you know we look at the technology. At least for, for me, I look at the technology my kids were born with versus what. I was born with and where, what I had when they were born. Yeah. And it's insane, you know, and just the intuitive acceptance that they have of, you know, Oh, pick up a phone and just start doing it or a computer. Right. And you know, we're all like, what, but how does it work? How? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh oh, you lost.
1: You know, he said how does that never mind. You're you're done. How did you drive anywhere and not get lost? We had to look at street signs. Exactly. We exactly. had to ask mean, people for directions. Or not. Or not. Or just figure it out because we got super yeah. lost.
2: Yeah, take a left at the 7 Eleven. You know, it was that's what you did. Um
1: You know, the, the the floor of your passenger seat would be like, you know, empty Gatorade bottles and maps with yeah, the Thomas office.
2: Guide. Remember the, the Thomas, Thomas guide? guide? Oh
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
2: We get that with all of our auditions. We get Thomas to Thomas Guide coordinates or page. Page 78 of the Thomas Guide.
1: Oh, okay. I wonder I don't know if the Thomas Guide integrated into some sort of a digital thing, but the Thomas Guide, I wonder if that was one of those things where at the height of it they were like this is never going away. When are people going to not need maps? We're on a train to we this is on a money train that's never going to and then you know, I imagine at some point
2: they got bought by like Google Map or something like that because they must have had a tremendous amount of information
1: I'm sure you
2: know what I mean that's one of those things so I'm sure that, I'm sure that all the work was absorbed but uh, but yeah there's no grab me the Thomas guy off the back of the chair you know <laughs> he used to reach yeah, back no, the Thomas guy up the floor a and, map maker,
1: and then along comes you know technology wearing a leather jacket with a bat wrapped in barbed yeah. wire <laughs> 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 well, I, uh, I love you to pieces, Michael Cudlitz, awesome. I, I, It's Awesome. Me really as well. Nice your face. And, uh, you know, I hope, I hope I get to see you in, 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 in the real actual world at some point soon. We will Me, you and will should go out and get a,
2: a whiskey at some point. Oh, well, you guys, do you guys ever travel?
1: No. Well, I, I, I think I've seen, I think we've seen Will and Ann maybe two or two or three times during the pandemic in a very socially distanced, like outside kind of way. And and then everything got really crazy at the end of the year, like cases just went bonkers. And so then no one was seeing anybody. And so, but we, but you know uh, but we'll talk, you know, every, every few weeks we'll just sort of check in. How you doing? How you, he's working a ton right now, which is great. He's like, he's, doing such great stuff and I, I just could not be happy i just couldn't be happier for him i love him awesome. love him awesome He's my brother
2: well tell him um, i said hello i i, I, I definitely will I, I i run into him every once in a while at conventions and it's always great to
1: see him um all right it's very nice to see you i you uh, as well my friend thank you and uh i'll talk to you soon all right brother take care bye id 10T scanning complete enjoy your burrito
2: Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs and idealists behind them. Every week I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream. So he created Halo Top in his Art.